Trump's presidency would actually be better if he just shut up and went and presidented somewhere. I think you know exactly what you're doing. It fooled me, we can't get fooled again. I think I know exactly what you're doing. It fooled me, we can't get fooled again. And I'm not falling for it no more, Kanye. I think that Kanye should just shut up and rap. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back to another episode of the In My Own Words podcast. I'm your podcast host, Tony R. Sanders. Episode 35, I think. 35, I believe it's 35. Yes, last was 34. Even though I tweeted it was episode 44, it was episode 34. So welcome back to another episode of the In My Own Words podcast. So happy that you guys are here with me today. Feeling good, feeling great. Coming off of a nice fall break uh last week was fall break with the kids and i'm not gonna lie i felt like i felt like doing a podcast every day there was some point in the day where something would happen where i had something to say something to share and i was like man i could do a podcast right now but i didn't uh i did give a nice little midweek podcast i'm gonna start doing that um not maybe maybe not regularly but definitely whenever i get the urge you know what i mean like i've been thinking a lot about what's holding me back from putting out more content. And there's a lot of things, a lot of rules that I've made up in my head about creating content. And what's funny about it is my goal is to get better, right? By no means is this podcast as good as it can be or as good as it will ever be, right? So whatever you're hearing right now, honestly, I'm gonna flip it on his head. This episode, this is bad, 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 bad marketing. <laughs> this episode is going to be the best episode that you've heard so far, but also the worst one that I'm ever going to do again, if that makes any sense, right? Like every time I hit record, I want to get better. I want the episodes to be better. I want to learn something and continue to grow and progress, right? And so to expedite that process, not that you want to put out uh, bad content by any means. That's never the goal, right? I always want to put things that are uh, the gold standard out. I want to put the Midas Touch podcast out. But at the same time, you know, you're always going to be improving, right? And so the more repetitions I get of hitting record, going live, putting this whole thing together, the better it is. And I've made some um, changes. I want to continue to make changes. I want to continue to make production changes. And one thing that's that I love about the podcast that is uh, also you know, hindering me. It's a good thing now, but long-term it's going to hinder me if I don't figure it out. And I've, I've already figured it out. I just got to get to that point, but I'm a one man band when it comes to the podcast, meaning there's no co-host here. There's nobody behind the camera. If you're watching this on YouTube, there's no one like hit and record. There's no engineer. There's a reason why I have headphones on. There's no audio editor. I don't send this off to a video editor. I hit record on the video. I hit record on the audio. I turn the lights on. I put everything together. I sit down. I have my show notes. I record. I go live. I say whatever I'm going to say. I shut it down. Then I have to edit it all together. Then I make YouTube clips for every single day of the week. And what I'm saying is it, it is a whole process. You know what I mean? It's a whole process. And long term, I'm going to build a team and we can kind of do all those things together as a team. And I'll get to the point where maybe I'm just, you know, producing content and not actually on the face of content. That's where I want to go. But there are some things that I still want to be 
the quote unquote face of, which is this podcast, the Amount Words podcast, and some other things that I want to do in the near future. Um, but yeah, I want to I want to continue to put out content, and so I'm definitely going to give you one per week. But if you see some other ones pop up here and there, one week you may get two or three or four or whatever. Something crazy may happen. I, who knows? Um, but I want to put them out as often as I can. So if you're asking me, which no one has, uh, how often does the podcast come out? It comes out weekly, but I'm also going to give episodes as much as I can because I want to continue to communicate with you guys. One of the funnest things about coming back to the podcast and putting out clips again were the comments now i don't take youtube or instagram comments personally meaning like that's not a real it's a real interaction to me but it's not a real interaction to me like there are a lot of times where i believe that the other person on the other end of the screen is tweeting something or posting something on instagram or commenting on one of my videos on uh, YouTube as a sport and not as a real human to human interaction, right? There's a sport to having like the wittiest comebacks. There's a sport to having some nice little jab insults on social media. Like there's a sport to it. it. It's not a real thing to me. It's not something that shows up. It's like, Oh, you really talking to me. Some of the things that I got called this week were, um, I got, I got called an old man. I was somebody said I was too old to make a video about Lil Kim's music. Isn't that backwards? <laughs> like I, I could understand if someone was like 15, 16, making songs about making videos about Lil Kim songs and Lil Kim came out in the 90s. But like I'm talking to someone who wasn't even born when Junior Mafia was out, who wasn't even born. They they were born post Biggie's death, talking to me about not making videos about Lil' Kim. Uh, I got called a meatball, which is fun. That's a That was a unique one. I've never been called a meatball before. Not that I know of. Uh, the only meatballs I know are uh, Snooki and Dina from Jersey Shore. Don't ask me how I know that. I just do. Uh, what else is I called this week? I was called an old man. I was called a meatball. I was called bald. Those are bad, man. That bald one. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Oh, my God. <laughs> When you call a bald person bald, it doesn't really have an effect on that person. They've been bald for longer than you've been knowing them. So, like, they're okay with it. They're bald with themselves every day. <laughs> it's actually a preferred look for some people. Some of the greatest looking guys that ever existed were bald. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. But I love the interaction of of having conversations. And I will also say there were some really fruitful conversations that I was having, uh, with people on YouTube, you know? So I, I really love that. I'm going to respond to every single comment, even if it's nonsense, even if it's hate, even if it's love, if it's a great conversation, I'm going to respond, but I love, 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 absolutely love, uh, just the sense of community, even if it's a little hate, uh, coming back at me as posting these videos. So welcome to episode 35. I think we established that it's episode 35. Uh, and I'm excited because basketball season is upon us. Now, I haven't been talking about football for two reasons. Reason number one, Andrew Luck retired. Just out of nowhere. I wasn't doing the podcast at the time, but man, did I have some stuff to say. I'm not going to say it now because I've since you know, maybe calm down since the moment, but I was mad at Andrew Luck. 
You know, I, I still remember him getting all emotional at the press conference, saying it's the hardest thing that he has ever had to do, while at the same time under the ticker is saying that he's retired and we're paying him multi-millions of dollars and we're going to continue to let him keep the millions and millions of dollars that we paid him to go home and just do whatever he wants to do now, which is cool. That's their business. It's not, it didn't come out of my bank account. But it came out of my emotional fan account because I am a Colts fan. And so that hurt. That's number one. Number two was definitely uh, my fantasy team, who I thought was going to be pretty good, turned out to be trash. I'm talking about wow-worthy trash. Like, wow. not even halfway decent, like just straight trash. And so uh, my quarterback was Patrick Mahomes. Whoa, what is that? What is that? I swear, ever since they came out with this iPhone 11, my phone has just been tripping. I wish I could show y'all my phone right now. I have no idea what that was. I'm sorry. I'm not even going to edit it out. I need to leave this part in here. But Apple, wow, what are y'all doing? <laughs> Playing obsolescence with these phones, I swear, it's a proven fact that when the new phone comes out, the old phone starts tripping. The old phone starts acting up. It's just like when you get a new girl and you see your old girl and she starts to do the stuff, you know, that's a little outside of her character. Maybe even some stuff that you wanted her to do when y'all was dates. Like, oh, oh, now you're going to go to the gym? Now you're going to act up. Oh, now you're out with your friends. Now you, that's what the iPhone is doing right now. I have no idea what that sound was. I apologize. Very unprofessional. Very unprofessional on Apple's behalf. But anyway, uh, Patrick Mahomes got hurt. He's my starting quarterback. Luckily, Carson Wentz is my backup. And so, long story short, football season has not been great for me. I already don't really like football unless my family is, is involved in some way, shape, form, or fashion. And so, to get involved and get my heart broken over the years, being a Colts fan and sucking in fantasy football has just not been the greatest. But the NBA is a little bit different. Now, if you know me, you know I'm a Lakers Pacers fan. I root for the Pacers. I root for the Lakers. And when they meet up, I'm always going Pacers because I'm loyal to the soil. I'm home team. Uh, but the team that I initially fell in love with as a kid, the first NBA team I've ever known of were the L.A. Lakers. Long story short, Magic Johnson was the first professional basketball player I've ever seen. So I'm a Lakers fan, and I'm super excited about this season because uh, not only are the Lakers going to be good, I think the Pacers are going to be good too. So let me do this. As preseason comes to the end and the regular season starts, I want to give you my preseason picks for Eastern Conference Finals, Western Conference Finals. I'm going to give you the top three teams on both sides, and I'm going to give you the NBA champions. Are you guys ready for this? Okay, let's start in the East. The number one team in the East, as far as the regular season is concerned, is going to be the Philadelphia 76ers. I think people are underrating how much better the Philadelphia 76ers are going to be this year. One, you got rid of Jimmy Butler. I know that sounds crazy because you think of his points and his productions, but you also, also have to think about what he does to a team and what he does to chemistry, especially when he doesn't want to be there and he wants to be the man running the show. Right, Jimmy Butler is a great guy, but he's also one of those guys who wants to run a franchise but probably shouldn't be running a franchise from a player standpoint. So you got rid of him. You also brought in Al Horford, which is that that steady, stable, 
a veteran leader who can lead on the floor and in the locker room, who can corral some of these young guys, who has playoff experience, and show them the way. Give them that stable veteran leadership that they really, really need on that roster. You also have experience, right? You have to think about all the people that we've seen be successful and really have a good run uh, at a championship have had some experience. They've had some defeats. They've had some years where they got this close. They got this close. And then it all fell apart. And so you got that on their side, too. You also have Joel Embiid, who from first look, he looks to be a little more in shape this year. He looks to be a little more focused. I'm sure he's tired of being the new crime meme. You've seen that all over the Internet. So I think the Philadelphia 76 is going to do really good. Number two, number two is going to be Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think I said that correctly. And the Milwaukee Bucks. Look, I think that they made some moves to get better. I don't think they got a lot better. I think some of the other teams made bigger improvements than they did. Obviously, the Nets, who we'll get to in a little bit, um, even though KD isn't playing this year. But I also think that when you have one of these MVP caliber years, when you have a, a year where you are holding so much weight like Giannis is, you're not going to be able to keep that up long term. And if they don't give him... Um, sizable help like real real help they're gonna risk losing him and so i think this year there are a lot of things that elevated to a new level for the bucks that they haven't they haven't really seen yet and it's going to be really really difficult for, for them in my opinion to make those adjustments they're still going to have a great time i still think they're going to get to the eastern conference finals but i do have them coming in at number two and the number three rounding out the top three i actually have the nets i think the nets are really really solid team i think that they have a great point guard in Kyrie irving who is not gonna have to um battle with being you know the alpha dog he's clearly the alpha dog on that team i think when you have Kyrie in a weaker east you're guaranteed to get to the playoffs you're guaranteed a good playoff seating we've seen that last year in boston who i think is also going to take a dive this year uh so i think they're going to be in the mix i think throughout the year you'll see them right within the top five i think they'll probably finish strong within the top three and my sleeper pick for the east my sleeper pick is definitely the Pacers. The Pacers are so much better than people give them credit for. And I know you guys think this is hometown bias, and maybe it is a little bit, but consider what we did last year without Victor Oladipo. Consider how we made the playoffs. Consider the, the firepower that we still had, and that was also our downfall, right? When we got into that playoff series, I was there. I was watching the games. I saw them live. When we got eliminated, I was there. I wore the T-shirt. I was in the building when Kyrie and the boys came through and kicked us out. But at the same time, we played really, really well with our core unit, who a lot of them have returned. Some of them have noticeably uh, gone off, but we've also brought in some new players you know you got tj warren you got a lot of new guys that are coming in that can compliment vic that can get us scoring when he goes to the bench you know losing bogey that is a big loss for the pacers but i also believe that they're gonna do well and so that's my sleeper pick and winning the eastern conference finals i got philly i got philly going to the nba finals facing up against i'll tell you here in a second for the west all right for my top three teams for the west Number one, coming in with the Lakers. The Lake Show, they look really good. I'm going to be honest, even me watching them in preseason, I'm like, oh, I forgot he was on the team. 
Oh, snap, they got him too. Oh, I forgot he was on the team. The team looks really, really good. You still have a healthy LeBron James. You have a healthy Anthony Davis, even though he hurt his thumb. I think he's just, you know, he's going to be resting this year, and I think he should. I don't think that any of these guys that I'm naming first off hat um, with LeBron and Danny, not Danny Green, Jesus, uh, with LeBron and Anthony Davis, I don't think any of those guys should be playing 82 games this year or 80 games, maybe 60 maybe 70, right? I'm okay with a little low management as long as it's not when they come here to play the Pacers. Um, I think that they're going to be great. I think that the combination of Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee are gonna, is going to be more deadly than people actually think. And this is going to sound a little silly, a little crazy, but if you combine those two guys, they're an all-star center. <laughs> they are like an all-star center. Dwight Howard has averaged a double-double for his career. I don't think he's going to do anything different here, even though we don't need him to. We need him to average 10 rebounds and six fouls. If I can get 10 rebounds and six fouls from Dwight Howard, I'm a happy man. I am a happy man. So I think that uh, the Lakers are going to come in number one. I got a sneaky one for number two. I don't think people are going to be looking at this, even though they're not necessarily my sleeper team. Denver. A lot of people forget about Denver. Denver is really good. The Joker is really there. They really added Mike Conley. The Nuggets are going to be really, really, really good. And rounding out my top three, I have the other LA team, you know, the Clippers. I'm so mad about that. Being a real L.A. fan, you can't ever be happy for the Clippers. Not really, but they're still the little brothers of L.A. until they bring some championships to L.A. Then we could talk about it, right? But they can't. They ain't even moved out of Mama House yet. The Clippers are still staying at home with Mama. Go get your own stadium. Establish your own legacy. Stop, stop just chewing off of the legacy that we've created for you over the years. The only reason why you guys get attention that you do is because you're right here across the hall from the Lakers. Okay, go get your own stadium, build your own legacy. Yeah, you got our Jerry West over there. It's all good. Go build your own, right? Go make some money. Go go bring in some ads and some sponsors, which I'm sure you guys could do with the star power that you have there and a Kawhi Leonard and a Paul George, my God. Uh, and then win a championship, then we can maybe start to have a discussion. But until then, I got them at number three, but I ain't really feeling them. And then my sleeper pick. The team that is always underestimated and uh, underappreciated, in my opinion, the Portland Trailblazers. I think the Trailblazers are going to do a lot better than what people think. I think that people think that uh, the way that they put out OKC last year was a fluke. Dame hit a lucky shot. He hit a bunch of shots like that. And, and I think that they believe that the turmoil that was happening that we didn't know about at the time, but we see unraveling kind of in OKC with Paul George wanting out and Russ being Russ, um, I think that they're not going to – I think they're going to be – I think they're not getting the credit, them being the trailblazers, that they deserve for that win. And so I think that they're going to come back and show people that we're here for real. Maybe they won't win a championship. I don't have them in the Eastern Conference Finals, but maybe they will uh, have a great opportunity to just show the world that they're a legitimate contender in the West. And then winning the Western Conference Finals, I have the Lakers – so you guessed it, Lakers and Philly in the finals. I got the Lakers, LeBron winning his fourth championship. You know what? Let's get a round of applause on that. Let's get a round of applause on LeBron. Winning number four, Anthony Davis winning one. Dwight Howard is about to have a ring. 
He was really, really close when he played against the Lakers uh, when he was in Orlando, and Kobe got his fourth or fifth ring. Uh, really, really close then, but I think he's going to get one now. So that is uh, our basketball segment. This is definitely not a sports podcast, but you guys know how I feel about putting my stake in the ground when it comes to uh, being right on this podcast, right? So in June, when all of this comes true and the Lakers and Philly are playing each other in the NBA Finals and LeBron wins his fourth ring, I'm going to need my credit. I'm going to need y'all to have that same energy uh, in that time of the year. I, yo, for one, you have to see me when you come to the window, so you better have the same energy. All right, let's take a break. We'll be right back on the My Own Words podcast. All right, welcome back to the In My Own Words podcast. It is time for our take two. This is where I do a two-word album review. I take two albums, give you two words for my album review. And this week on take two, my two-word album review is going to be for Cash Doll. Cash Doll is a rapper out of Detroit. She is a former stripper by her admission, a former hustler in the streets of Detroit, decided to rap one day, went to the studio that night, made a song, threw it up on her Instagram. Next thing you know, she got paid $2,500 for a feature. Now, as a former uh, rapper who failed uh, (laughs) being myself, I want to tell you that story is really, really rare. When I was rapping, Instagram wasn't popping like it is now, right? There was no SoundCloud like it is now. I guess towards the end, there was a SoundCloud. Um, but it wasn't as, you know, I, I ain't, I ain't never heard of that. I got brothers right now that I know that is, is still, uh, rapping every single day, making songs and putting them up and not getting hit for features and whatever, especially not for the 2,500. I still get asked to do features for free right now today to this day. And I haven't rapped a rap record and I don't know how long, I don't even know if I can still rap. Uh, but ain't nobody asking me for $250 or $2.50, let alone $2,500, you know what I mean? But salute to Cash Doll, if I can talk, salute to Cash Doll for jumping into the rap game that day. Like she was just became a rapper, you know, something she was passionate about. And so she put out this album called Stack. Now, this album has 17 songs. It's 47 minutes long. And one thing that I noticed about albums lately, 17 songs in 47 minutes is kind of long for today's listeners. I think it's kind of long for today's listeners. Most people, you know, they give you like 30, 40 minutes. It's interesting to see that our videos that we watch are getting longer. People will watch a two and a half hour podcast video from Joe Button, right? Salute to the Joe Button podcast, one of my favorite podcasts. Or, you know, the Brilliant Idiots or Joe Rogan. They'll watch that for three hours, but then won't listen to a song, an album that has 20 records on it. You know what I mean? It's an interesting thing. But anyway, my two-word album review for Cash Doll's album uh, entitled Stacked is Talented Rookie. Yep, that's it. Talented Rookie. As I go through this album and I'm listening to it, to me, this is just to me, this is my brain, it's easy to see the spots where she fought with people on songs And when she gave in and did what they wanted to do and times where she was like, nah, this is what I want to do. I could definitely see some spots on here where I think, you know what? Cash Doll wanted to do that song. And it's like, "Mm, maybe somebody at Republic told her to do that song, which is not a bad thing at all. 
right? You have to be able to appeal to your audience. And when you are as new as Cash Doll is to rapping, she put out her first song, I think she said in 2016, maybe she said 17, something like that. When you are as new at rapping as she is, I think that's to be expected when it's your debut album. You're coming out to the world to a bigger, broader audience, not just your core fan base. They're not just the only ones listening to this now. This is everybody, right? You're on The Breakfast Club. You're going to Hot 97 and Sway and Elliot Wilson and all the, 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 the giants in this hip-hop media thing. You're expecting everyone to hear this album. So when you're coming out to everyone, you still have this feeling to want to try to give something for everybody right without losing who you are without sacrificing your integrity and so when i'm going through this album there's one thing that i love that i could tell was cash doll's really talented she is a rapper like she's not trying to just be cute and not just trying to get off by her personality by her looks she looks amazing by the way she is like no i'm I'm gonna go for it I'm going to go for these raps. And I love when rappers do that. Even if some of the punchlines don't hit as hard as you would like them to do every single time, the fact that you're just going for it, the fact that you're just swinging, I love. There's a um a thread that I was commenting on, uh, I think it was on Hip Hop by the Numbers. Salute to Hip Hop by the Numbers on Twitter. If you don't follow that account, definitely give them a follow. But they were talking about Big Sean, and maybe he has music coming soon, which I really, really hope so. I'm a Big Sean fan. But people were saying that his punchlines were corny. And I will say, Sean does have some corny punchlines here and there. Some that just kind of more so make you laugh than hit you like, oh, snap, whoa. Like, you you may get that from Sean. But he's always swinging. Whether a punch lands or not, he's always swinging. I like the rapper that's not Floyd Mayweather, that's not always playing defense. That's not, oh, I'm only going to swing when I got a short shot. No, give me Manny Pacquiao, baby. Keep throwing them hands until something hit. You know what I mean? I love the rappers that's going for it. And on this album, Cash Doll is really, really going for it. I love that she is really, really trying to rap. She's not trying to be cute. She's not trying to be uh, uh, pretty. She's one of those girls, much like I would say, different caliber for sure. But I would say like Rhapsody. Rhapsody doesn't want to be considered a female rapper. She just wants to be considered a dope rapper. Like when you mentioned the Wale's and the Coles and the Kendrick's and the Sean's, Rhapsody should be somewhere in that mix. That's how she feels. And I feel like even though the skill level is different, don't get it twisted, the skill level is different. I feel like Cash Doll wants to be spoke about the same way. I feel like she wants to be spoke about in that lane of, man, I'm a like I'm a rapper who happens to be a female, not a female rapper, if that makes sense, right? But I'm looking at the features. Let's go through the features really quick. To start off the album, on the second track, you got Big Sean, which I love to see that because anytime you have someone who's bubbled up the way Cash Doll has done from your city, you like to see other people from that city give her love and kind of give her that stamp, right? Give her that stamp of approval. So I love Big Sean being from the D, repping Detroit as much as he does, he jumps on. Then she has a song with Lil Wayne, which I think is crazy. Yo, time out for a second. Lil Wayne is the nastiest rapper alive. <laughs> Hold on for a second. I'm going to get right back to Cash Doll, I promise. But Lil Wayne is the nastiest rapper alive. Lil Wayne only talks about one thing. You know, Lauren Hill said that thing. 
that thing that's what Lil Wayne talks about this is from at hip hop by the number shout out to them this is one of my favorite Twitter accounts it says Lil Wayne I'm reading this this is not some. this is not my dissertation I am reading this. this is not my soliloquy it says Lil Wayne is one of the horniest rappers in 2019 already that's funny <laughs> already I'm laughing okay I'm gonna read on since June 21st this is since June 21st it's October 19th Wait, what date is it? Yes, it's October 19th. Since June 21st, Wayne has appeared on nine tracks, giving you a total of 178 bars. 64% of those bars, or 114 of them, have been about women and sex. 16 penis illusions, 17 pussy illusions, 2019 total 545 bars, 46.1% of them about women and sex. And uh, it says, Wheezy, you okay? The F is for, I'm gonna let you finish that out because this is like a PG-13 podcast. But anyway, Lil Wayne is on Catch Dolls album, the horniest rapper alive uh, since the horniest rapper retired. Anyway, after Lil Wayne, you got uh, uh, Trey Songs, you got Logot Cash. I'm saying that wrong probably, but Logot Cash from number eight, crazy. You got Summer Walker and you got Tiana Taylor. Now this Summer Walker track, um, Summer Walker, anything she touched, I'm gonna love. Let me see if I can cue this up. Anything Summer Walker is a part of, I'm gonna love because I love Summer Walker. And I could imagine Summer Walker and Cash doll being together. They both seem a little crazy to me. Like I wouldn't really want to play with them, but just listen to this. Like already, right? And you can tell when I say talented rookie, you can tell on her album where like the musicality increases when she has features. Her voice sounds good. Like this sounds like cash doll. Like she's a sweet girl, but don't mess with her. You know what I mean? And I love her collaborations because, like I said, the musicality I feel like increases when she's in the studio around other artists, right? Or working with other artists. Maybe, maybe Summer Walker set the vibe on this, and Cash Dog can come in and do her thing. I love that, but I think that as a talented rookie, you run through that because you're still trying to find your footing in this game, right? You're still trying to figure out what your sound is going to be, you know, on, on on some level. You're still trying to figure out who you are. So when I hear her, you know, on this song, on site with Trey Songs, I love the way her game kind of elevates that way she's not getting washed by a Trey Songs or a Lil Wayne. You know, she's doing her thing as they're doing their thing. So salute to Cash Doll, man. The album is stacked. My two-word album review for Cash Doll Stacked is Talented Rookie. All right, that's the first album. Now we got to go to the second album. The second album is from, you guessed it, Gucci. Gucci put out uh, Waptober 2. Let me pull that up really quick. Waptober 2 on 10-18. It should have came out on 10-17, but whatever. They want to keep with the Friday release date. I need to do more research on the hip-hop release dates. I need to do more research to figure out why it switched from Tuesdays and what the money, you know, it, you know it's money involved. But anyway, uh, Gucci put out Waptober 
Um, the cover is hilarious. The cover is Gucci getting a back rub, I guess, and he's got he's got uh, a butler there with. I don't know what Gucci's doing. Uh, but this album, thirteen songs, thirty six minutes. I think that's where people want their music right now. I don't think people want music longer than 30, 45 minutes. Even when I looked at this, and I'm going to be upfront and honest with you, I'm not the biggest Gucci fan. I may not ever listen to this album again. Um, and I don't mean that in a negative way. There are some songs that I may take out and put into a playlist. Same with the Cash Doll thing. I may take out some songs and put it into the playlist, but I'm not necessarily going to play that entire album again. But I think 30 to 40 minutes is probably the sweet spot, sweet spot for an album for most people, right? There's always going to be your Jay-Z's and your Beyonce's and Kanye's who can super exceed that. But for the most part, give us 30, 40 minutes. We're cool. So this is 36 minutes, 13 tracks. And my two word take for this album is no skips, no skips. You can listen to all 36 minutes of this music, especially if you're a Gucci fan. But even if you're just a fan of hip hop, this is the perfect album to listen to on a Friday, the weekend. You just got paid, a little money in your pocket. You ready to go take on the world. You need to listen to this. And it starts out with that vibe. The first track on here, we're going to go through the features, but the first track is Richer Than Everybody. And when I tell you I love this song, I love this song. Gucci did his thing on this song. I love even just the mindset of it. And you can tell when somebody's gangster, but they doing their music thing too. So this is Gucci. Um, the baby is on here with the same flow. We got to talk about the baby not having more than one flow, especially since he's saying he's one of the greatest rappers to ever live. He's saying he's a mix of Kanye, Wayne, and Eminem, and all these other people. Bro, you got to have more than one flow. I ain't trying to get punched. I ain't trying to get knocked out. I ain't trying to get shot at Walmart, baby. But you got to have more than one flow. But um, definitely, I like that song. Um, the next song he has, Meg Thee Stallion, you know, Lil Baby, Kodak, Quavo, um, Young Maul is on here. He's got a bunch of features on here. And I'm going to be honest, for such an established artist, there's two ways to look at this, right? On one hand, I didn't expect him to have this many features on here. This seems like a game album. You know how game like, or maybe even a DJ cat. Like there's a feature on dang near every song. I'm seeing out of 13 tracks, there's three, four. Okay. So maybe a little bit more than I thought five songs that don't have uh features on them. So, you know, but more than 50% of this album has a feature on it. And some of the features have uh, multiple people on there. Right. And so, that was a little off-putting just looking on it, but when I listened to it, one thing that Gucci is doing uh, and a lot of seasoned artists do, they know their place in the game. They know their role. They know what the people want to hear from them and who their, their, what their sound is, their identity, but they also know the other artists. Like They listen to this and say, oh my gosh, you know who would be great on this? This is right in that pocket that Baby Rap's in where I could put him on here and he's going to kill this. Or you know what? This is a perfect song for Meg to be the best Meg. And I think that's a that's an underrated, overlooked talent when it comes to 
hip-hop, especially for artists to have. Like, I don't think there's that many artists that have that, you know, I'm going to put this person in a perfect position to be their best self on my record. I think there's some people that do it the other way. I'm not talking about how, and this is my guy, but I'm not talking about how uh, how Hove took a record from Rick Ross and just put some vest, some verses on it. I'm not talking about that, right? I'm not, what, what album was that? Magna Carta, Holy Grail? That, those are some Rick Ross records that he took from Ross, kept some of Ross' vocals on there, and then put his vocals on there too. I'm not talking about Kanye taking uh, a song from Jeezy and using that, just taking everything off except the ad-libs. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about him being in the studio, creating something, and then bringing Baby into his world, but letting the baby shine the way that the baby's supposed to shine. Like like the perfect bop for the baby. So I love this album, even though, like I said, I'm never listening to this album again. Uh, but it's good music. I was telling somebody on Twitter the other day, you have to be willing and able to be objective. Like I care about objectivity more than I care about most things. And so even if it's not my cup of tea, even if I don't like it, even if I'm not going to deny that it's high quality work, I'm not going to deny that it's good. I can see what impact this is going to have on people. If you're a Gucci fan, if you love this style of music, you're going to love this album. There's literally no skips. I'm not somebody like, like this is not my every day, Monday through Friday bag. Or I'm going to wake up in the morning and put this on. That's just not me. If I hit the gym, this is that de I definitely want some of these songs on the playlist, but every day riding to work, sitting, creating stuff. I'm not going to want to listen to this style of music, but that doesn't mean that it's not good. That doesn't mean that it's not dope. It's just not necessarily for me, right? But I will say, I will give this album my two-word review is no skips. No skips at all. Gucci is doing his thing. Speaking of doing his thing, there are some people that I wish would just do their thing and nothing else. Just do your thing, right? There's been a lot coming up, and I don't want to get deep into this because I spent time on this last week. And I got a couple more things to do and I'm going to get out of here and spend some time with my son. But there are, ever since this LeBron China thing has come up, there are some clips that resurface and everyone is throwing, you know, the this, these words back into LeBron's face. The words, and I don't remember what, what Chick said it on Fox, but it was shut up and dribble, essentially, right? And LeBron bucked back hard against that, right? Made videos about it pretty much put on the I will not shut up and dribble campaign. I'm more than an athlete. And I think that that's great. But <laughs> I also think that there are some people who should just shut up and do what they do. I believe that. I believe, I'm, let me tell you how much I believe it. I believe it in so much that I think that Trump's presidency would actually be better if he just shut up and went and presented it somewhere, like just go president over there and shut up about it. The fact that he's tweeting every day, the fact that he's doing all of these press conferences, he's irritating people. It actually makes people aware of some of the bull crap that he's doing. It makes us want to go and dig for information and investigate and find things like the call with the Ukraine when you're doing quit po crow, even though you said you weren't, but then your man said your chief of staff said you were, but then he said you didn't. I, I think that that's that whole situation is fascinating. Oh, it's not a politics podcast, but 
Donald Trump should just shut up and president somewhere. Like, I really, really believe that. A lot of the talk about uh, collusion, a lot of the talk about this, this quote-unquote witch hunt. And by the way, he's not an idiot. He knows exactly what he's doing, right? He knows how to manipulate the media. He knows how to send you on a rabbit trail over here and you're watching this while he's doing something else over here. Like, he knows exactly what he's doing. But for me... For my sake, for my sanity, for me to be able to just scroll through my timeline and peace, just shut up and president somewhere. Like, just go do what, like, you won. You won the election. Fairly or not, you won the election. Just go president somewhere. Quit talking to the people who are, are not on board with you. Just shut up and president. Respectfully. Mr. Trump, Donald, the Don, the orange one, just shut up and president. Like I would be cool if I never heard another word from Trump, not another tweet, not another video, not another press conference. Here's the thing. He's not answering to anything anyway. <laughs> they say they're going to peach him. He's like, no, you're not. I'm not leaving. None of my people are showing up. I got the whole gang saddled up and we ready to ride. None of us are showing up to your impeachment hearings. We ain't leaving. I got the keys to the White House. Now what you going to do? He's not giving us anything anyway. All he does is lie and deceit, right? It's all lies and deceit. So if that's what you're going to do and the Democrats are too spineless to do anything about it, just shut up and president. Another person who should just shut up and do what they do. Kanye Omari West. Yes, I, I had to pull the full government out. <sighs> Just shut up and rap, bro. I'm tired of the I'm tired of the rants. I'm not even gonna go on a spiel about the Sunday service madness that you're doing. I think it's nasty. I think you're I think you're fooling us again. <laughs> I think you're fooling us again. I think you know exactly what you're doing. It fooled me. We can't get fooled again. I think I know exactly what you're doing. It fooled me. We can't get fooled again. And I'm not falling for it no more, Kanye. I think that Kanye should just shut up and rap and release music and sell shoes. We don't need to hear. One of the, okay. When I watched Sunday Service, and I've watched a couple of them, I watched the one in Atlanta, I watched the one in Chicago. I watched some of the ones when he was doing it like out in the woods when it first was hot, you know, when he did the Coachella. I watched some of them, right? The thing that I thought was the dopest about it is that for 90% of the show, Kanye didn't say nothing. Like they had a gospel choir there singing gospel records. Let's not get into, oh, he's flipping these secular songs into the, let's not even get in. Let me, have you met Kirk Franklin? Like, have you have you been to a black church? Have you met John P. Key? Like these things happen all the time. So one of my favorite gospel songs is a, a, a old soul, you know, R&B flip. So I, I'm not even mad at that. That's like something that is. It's just kind of in it's kind of embedded in, in gospel. Right. And I don't even think it should be a thing. Like, I think that there is rock and roll gospel there's country gospel so i think there's definitely a lane for r&b gospel and hip-hop gospel i was trying to find one of the songs that i was talking about from john p key but there are plenty of artists out there that are remaking songs that are secular quote-unquote secular songs and then making them about 
um, you know, Jesus. And I think that that's kind of dope, actually. So that's not my problem with Kanye West. My problem with Kanye West is that I feel like he's manipulating us. I feel like he's conning us. And that that already kind of just puts some energy in the air. That's not right. And then once he starts to talk, he's not articulating himself well. Like every time he says that the Democrats uh, were, he's not saying the Democrats are pro-slavery. That's the messaging. What he's actually saying were the Republicans are the ones that freed the slaves, which is accurate, but it's so misleading. It takes out so many things out of context. And at first when he said it, I thought, you know what? Kanye is just misinformed, right? He just doesn't know what he's talking about. Somebody needs to help him. Now, I'm sure he's properly informed. And he knows he's not saying the right things. And if he is saying the right things, he's not saying them the right way. And he won't just shut up and rap. Like, just shut up and Jesus walks. Just shut up and give us another power. Like, just shut up and give us Dark Twisted Fantasy 2. Like, just shut up and give us Jesus is King. I'm cool with that, bro. Just don't talk to me no more. <laughs> like, just don't talk anymore because when you talk, it's doing more damage than it is good. And I think he knows that. And I think he's doing it on purpose. I think he's taking a page out of the Kardashian book. I think he's taking a page out of Trump's book, which is create a spectacle. And to a certain extent, you have to create a spectacle. That's one of the things that's missing from my podcast. I feel like going to the next level is I haven't created a spectacle. If I think about the content that I interact with on a daily basis and the people that I loved and look forward to, at some point, they created a spectacle. Joe Rogan, spectacle. Elon Musk with the blunt, right? That was a spectacle. Um, there was more before that, but that's that's one of them, right? It's one of those spectacle moments where the whole world looks and gasps like, oh. <gasps> Oh my gosh, right? Joe Budden yelling and screaming and sweating and looking all coked up, talking about Drake is dissing him and no one believes him, right? Conspiracy theory Joe. Like, even though I believe Drake was dissing him, that was a spectacle that brought a lot of people in, right? I can go on and on and on about the people that I watch. Uh, the Breakfast Club, Birdman, spectacle. The, the, the original spectacle for The Breakfast Club was Ray J. Spectacle. Charlemagne's whole career before getting to The Breakfast Club was filled with Spectacle, creating a spectacle. So I understand what Kanye West is doing. I just don't like that he's doing it in the name of black people and Jesus. I said it. <laughs> I don't like that he's doing it in the name of black people and Jesus. This is the song I was talking about by John P. Key. This came out in 1994. <laughs> Blowing your ears out. This came out in 1994. And uh, I was listening to this with my dad as a kid growing up, listening in the car. And um, this is a gospel song, but if you listen to it, the lyrics and everything, I mean, it's Stevie Wonder all day. You know what I mean? But I, I think that that's okay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mad at Kanye about that. I'm mad at him because I feel like he is negatively impacting people and their lives because a lot of people can't see through the the crap that he's doing but it would be just helpful for everyone even himself to a certain extent to just shut up and rap just shut up and rap now there's some people that i think should speak up like colin kaepernick should speak up 
He had an opportunity to shut up and play football. He didn't. I'm glad he didn't. But now you got to speak up, bro. You can't have Nessa talking for you. You can't have all these people talking for you. There's some people that need to speak up. But look, when you go to war, not everybody in the army has the same mission. Not everybody in the, I'm sorry, they have the same mission. Not everybody in the army has the same job. There are going to be some people in the army and their job is going to be on the front lines battling. Some people have to be a little far removed, taking shots from long distance. Some people have to put the whole strategy together. We all need to work at a different angles. Not everyone has to be articulate. Not everyone has to be the spokesperson of something. Some people should let their music and their work speak for them as opposed to them speaking for them because their speech does more harm than good. Just, just, just shut up. <laughs> I tried to I tried to make it real articulate at the end and put a nice bow on it. Eh, just shut up. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, I have some wow worthy moments. That's the MI Awards podcast. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much for tuning into the MI Awards podcast. We are back and it is time for my favorite segment, the Wow Awards. Now, the Wow Awards is when I pick people who have chose whackness over wisdom it's when they knew better they they knew better but they just didn't do better and i'm already laughing because i'm thinking about our first one our first one is the guy i believe his name is jack who fell off the stage while holding wait for it lady gaga you mean to tell me you are one lucky man you get to get on stage with gaga that's number one. There's a million people at this concert. You are the lucky one that gets to get on stage with Lady Gaga. And, and you're cool up, up until this point, right? Nothing wild worthy yet. The next thing you do is you decide to get close to Gaga. And look, I, I've seen Gaga. I wouldn't mind being close to Gaga. If she was near me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't run away. I understand you wanting to be close to Gaga. But then you did the unthinkable. You picked her up. And fellas, you know, if you've ever picked your lady up or a girl up, they're not the easiest to pick up. They're not always the most cooperative. Even my daughters, when I pick them up because they happy to see me when I come home from work, they don't just let you pick them up. They want to, you know, jump and and be all excitable and hug you while they're like, no, 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 no. Just be still. I don't go to the gym every day. You see me. I'm just picking you up. So this man picks up Lady Gaga. And, you know, she starts to move a little bit. But more importantly, he starts to try to move. And homie's leg just gave out. Oh, my God. You're talking about somebody skipping leg day. Like, this man ain't worked on his calves. He ain't worked on his, his hammies. He ain't worked on no part. The glutes, no part of the lower body has been worked on at all. And he falls off the stage with Lady Gaga in hand. Oh, my God. Now, I must say, to Lady Gaga's credit, she was cool. So she got right back up and said, hey, everything is fine. Hey, Gaga Hive. I don't know what the Gaga Hive is. Hey, Gagars. <laughs> hey, hey, Lady Gagars. Everything is fine. 
I'm okay. And if anybody is mean to this person on the internet, then you let me know about it and I'll take care of it. Well, guess what? He gonna get this wow award, Gaga. I don't care. You don't get on the stage that big and touch a woman. Now, he lucky he didn't get sued or nothing happened to him. Like homie's leg just gave out. As a man, you have to always know what situation you're walking into. I tell my son this all the time. When you walk into a place, the first thing I want you to look for is the exits. There's one you just came into, but where are the other exits? The second thing, check to see who got the Glock on them. Who's carrying the stick and treading softly? Who's got a gun? We went to the barbershop last week. I said, hey, did you notice the dude cutting your hair had a gun on his waist? No, I didn't see that. I didn't see. Come on, you got to know what situation you're walking into. So as a man, he knew when he got on that stage, he didn't go to leg day. He knew he had skipped a couple of leg days. He knew that his lower half was not prepared to pick up guy guy. Yet he did it anyway, and he paid for it dearly. And so my man Jack, with all due respect, you have chose wackness over wisdom. You deserve this Wow Award. Next one award, Greg Hardy is a UFC fighter. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't know that. I knew Greg Hardy was the troubled football player who just kind of disappeared as football players tend to do. It's not an uncommon thing for someone in the NFL, a.k.a. the the not-for-long league, uh, to just like be there and be a problem and you know, disappear. I have no idea where Ray Rice is right now. He could be playing. I don't even know. I have no idea where he is, right? So it wasn't a big deal that Greg Hardy was missing, but then he popped up again. I saw him on my Twitter feed. And I said, oh, that's Greg Hardy. He's trending. Why is he trending? So I clicked on it, and I figured out why he was trending. He was trending for trying to breathe. Just a natural, normal human element trying to breathe now let me break it down greg hardy former nfl player is now a ufc fighter he's one of those guys that you don't want to run into on the streets just crazy enough to just fight you with little to no equipment on knows all kind of grappling techniques submission holds all kind of stuff that just mess you up all kind of stuff to embarrass you in front of your family and send you home with a very 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 bad day he knows all of that stuff right so he's fighting and he whoops a dude he beats him like beats him pretty good undisputed they hand him the victory he gets the w but that's not wow worthy and what is wow worthy is the ufc because here's what the ufc did the ufc went back and used instant replay like they do in the nfl and somebody threw a challenge flag and they looked at the video and noticed that this man in between rounds this man being greg hardy used the inhaler and because he used the inhaler he got disqualified therefore they took away the win and gave it to the loser an inhaler is for him to breathe they said, yo, so what were you doing with the inhaler? I was, I was, I was trying to breathe. What do, you, what do you mean you were trying to breathe? You know, breathing was against the rules. I, I, I don't know. This man is trying to breathe. What is wrong with the inhaler? He said he did everything that he was supposed to do. He checked the paperwork. He showed everybody. It wasn't like he was hiding it. He did that inhaler just like Chris Brown did cocaine in the club. He hit it right in front of everybody and kept on doing what he was doing. Now, it would be different if he just sat there and shot a steroid or something. 
The man has an unconcealed, visible inhaler that he needs to breathe. He's fighting for his life. And the UFC doesn't want him to breathe? Wow. <laughs> what kind of animal program are y'all running over there? Let the man breathe. He said he went through USADA. He said he went through all the paper, proper paperwork. Dana White, I heard, I didn't see him say this, I just heard, said that it was cool for him to use the inhaler because it's a medical condition. He needs to breathe. He's breathing. You could take a victory away from him for him breathing. And homie sounds so sad after the fight. Well, here I am letting people down again. <laughs> oh my God. That's not funny. Yeah. That's not funny, but it is. He said, oh my, oh my life. I've just been letting people down. <laughs> All right, I potted long enough. I appreciate y'all being here uh, and joining me for episode 35 of the In My Own Words podcast. Remember, I am looking for those specific individuals who feelings won't be hurt by this content, who understand the language that we speak. I am speaking to some, a very select few, not everyone. If you're that person, thank you so much for joining in. And if you know some people that would like to join into our community and follow along with our conversation, then make sure you tell them to subscribe. Tell them to listen to the podcast. Tell them to watch us on YouTube. Follow the um, In My Own Words Instagram page on Instagram. Uh, and tune in next week, the next time I'll see you. You guys have a good one. Be blessed. Love you guys. Peace.